You're listening to 50 Bad Songs, a behind-the-scenes look at the process of transforming ideas and experiences into music and lyrics, also known as songwriting. Each episode, you will hear a new song and how it came into existence. My name is Tim Roscoe, and this is Season 3, Episode 25, Wings. Yes, sirs, we are at the halfway point. Can you believe this is the 25th episode and the 25th song? Wild. Truly hard to believe that we've written so many songs here on this podcast. Thank you for listening to our songs and for sticking with us up to this point. This project has been a huge part of my life these last several years, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to get to make music and share it with all of you. Uh, you may have noticed that this episode was a little delayed. I had a few other music projects come up very suddenly that needed immediate attention, but those things are all taken care of now. But we will be taking another little break after this episode. I have to move to a new apartment in the next month or so, and instead of forcing a half-baked episode through while taking apart my studio and rebuilding it, I'm going to take the time that I need to get the move done before I work on the next episode. And with that, since we are at the halfway point of the show, I've been considering the state of the show and how I may be want to do things differently. I know it probably seems like I'm like changing how we do things all the time, but this is not really like a big change. It's more of a subtle change of intention. So up to this point in the show, I've been writing songs as a way of challenging myself to get better at the craft of songwriting, a noble cause, if I do say so myself. But really, I think I was actually just like trying to prove to myself that I was capable of actually writing songs. So now after 25 episodes, I think that I've proven that I can do it. Uh, So now I want to approach things differently. Now I'm going to try and write songs with the intention of I am a songwriter and I'm writing these songs for myself as a songwriter as an expression of myself and my art to be played and performed and enjoyed by an audience. Like I said, it's, it's a subtle change, but the intention shifts from proving something to myself to creating something as an artist. And with that shift, I think the pacing of the episode release schedule might need to change. So like I will instead focus on writing and recording songs and then choose which songs I want to put on the podcast and which songs I want to use for other projects, say like an EP or something. Uh, Who knows? As I mentioned though, at the start of the season, like I want to focus my efforts on the songs and use the podcast as an opportunity to support the songs and not the other way around. Anyways, if you are new to the show, welcome. As always, this is a fantastic episode to start with, and we are happy to have you here. If you don't already know, this podcast is a documentation of a long growth process 
over time. And if you'd like to hear that growth from the beginning, we have a backlog of episodes that will take you on that journey from the very beginning. We've grown so much and come so far in the four years since we started. And I think you would enjoy hearing those changes. But if you don't have that much time on your hands, you can listen to each of the songs that we've written on this show by visiting 50badsongs.bandcamp.com or streaming them on Spotify and Apple Music. If you are a longtime listener and have enjoyed listening to 50 Bad Songs, I encourage you to consider supporting the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash 50badsongs. We've got lots of bonus content for you over there, and if I ever get my ducks in a row, you might just get early access to episodes. <laughs> Special thanks this month to our esteemed Patreon patrons in the tenor section tier, Susan and Chris Roscoe, mom and dad, Francesca Scalisi, Rebecca Murphy, Vicki Scott, and Shirley Park. Your support truly, truly means the world to me. Thank you for being here today. And once again, here is a brand new song called Wings. The ocean calls and the waves say her name. The clouds and all of the birds sing of change. The sky never lies, the dancing of the spheres. The birds move on and the wind blows a different way. The clouds are gone, but she remains. She sighs and she cries. Someday I'll step through the doorway And I will soar into the sky My heart won't be afraid And my fears will give way To wings that will teach me to fly Her days are long And the nights seem to never end Stars look on while she pretends She's fine and never mind What else can she do? Another song from the trees and the river bend She hums along and their voices blend It's time to try for something new She whispers today I'll step through the doorway And I will soar into the sky My heart might be afraid But my fears will give way to me to fly 
Initial prompt for this song once again came from Sarah Spencer at Song Fancy and her five in five songwriting challenge. I've talked about this on every previous episode for this season because they've all come from that challenge, a couple of those challenges. But this one was also from there. And the prompt this time was a phrase. And the phrase was, she had to turn her fears into wings with the added challenge, the amplifier added challenge of writing it as a waltz. So because I'm not a woman, I would usually try to turn this kind of prompt around and use it as inspiration, but come up with something else entirely new that is unrelated. This time, however, I chose to be very literal. I like had considered changing it to be about me more directly and swap the pronouns. I mean, Clearly, I have plenty of fears and anxieties that I could use as inspiration and try to turn those into wings. But ultimately, I decided that I wanted to keep this prompt focused on this character and her story. This is something that's done a lot in like country music and folk music where you're writing a song in the shape of a story. So you're focused on one character and you're telling their story through music. Usually there's a lesson to learn or like an allegorical meaning that the listener can apply to their own life. One of my favorite bands of all time, Nickel Creek, does this all the time. Um, But also imagine like a sea shanty or like, I don't know, I feel like the Beatles do this a lot. You know, there's countless examples of people writing songs that are a story of someone else. But I myself have never really written a song like this, truly, I think. So I wanted to give it a try. The ocean calls and the waves say your name The clouds and all of the birds sing of change The sky never lies The dancing of the sphere I think I started writing this by figuring out the three, four feel first, three, four being waltz time first. Um, I fiddled around on the piano for a while and came up with this repeating figure that you hear in the piano. And as we know, I love repeating a figure, love an ostinato so that I don't have to think about things. (laughs) Again, I was writing a song in January of 2021 and I hadn't yet decided that I was going to move out to California yet at that point in 2021, but it had been floating through my mind. Again, I was living in Nashville, which is a very landlocked city, but I've always enjoyed being near water and I've always wanted to live near the ocean. So I, my first thought was imagining that the ocean was calling out and beckoning you or this character. You know, when you are thinking about something big and it's very much on your heart and on your mind and suddenly you start seeing signs and clues and everything around you. Like for instance, 
when I had my interview for grad school in Pittsburgh, when I flew back to Nashville, the first thing that I saw in the Nashville airport was a poster with the face of the man who founded the grad program I had just interviewed for. And I was like, obviously, this is a sign. Now, like we all know in reality, that sign had probably been there for a long time and I just hadn't flown in a while. And so I hadn't seen it in the airport. And even if I had seen it, it like might not have registered in my brain or had the same impact because it wasn't immediately relevant to me and my life and my circumstances. But because now I was coming back from interviewing for this thing, I was in a different spot and suddenly it had meaning. Anyways, I was thinking about that and thinking about how when you have already made up your mind, everything feels like a sign and everything around you is like giving you information and meaning and honestly, it's a very enchanted way of living, seeing everything as interconnected and giving you the information you need at that moment. But then I thought about all the times that I have been surrounded by plenty of signs and I just refused to see them or I actively ignored them or I actively chose the opposite of what I was feeling or thinking. And when I think back to those times, the times when I like forego what I actually want and I abdicate myself, it almost always has been in the name of fear. Like even if I can rationalize it away and make it make sense and make myself believe that I'm making the best decision for myself, which I'm particularly good at doing. Ultimately those decisions were made out of fear instead of what was actually best for me. So when I thought about that, that's when the idea really clicked for me, for this song. So I wanted to start this verse with like an enchanted description of a world where everything is saying go, like literally the ocean, the birds, the clouds, the wind, the stars, everything. The signs are there. Are you paying attention? Um, musically, because I set this all up with a line about the ocean and because I love an ostinato. I wanted the piano part to sort of rock back and forth like waves. I'm not sure how I landed on those specific chords first. I mean, honestly, it was probably just like where my hands fell. And I was like, that's nice. Cool. Let's go. Let's see where I can take that. But once I had those chords, uh, it became clear to me that I wanted this to be more harmonically interesting with lots of extended chord tones and colorful notes I was trying to paint a picture with my words and I wanted the chords to be a colorful palette onto which the lyrics and melody could dance. The birds move on and the wind blows a different way. The clouds are gone, but she remains. She sighs and she cries captive to So the thing with the universe is everything is constantly changing, constantly in motion. Like change is the only constant. So if you aren't paying attention, things will just carry on without you and move on. Elizabeth Gilbert talks about this some in her book, Big Magic. I'm 100% paraphrasing this, but she describes creativity as something that you must be in relationship with. You have to engage with it and be open to it. And she describes inspiration almost like a rushing wind and you have to be able to, you have to be open to it and willing to cooperate with it when it comes. Otherwise it'll just blow past you 
and someone else who is open to it and paying attention will connect with it instead of you. So for the second verse, I wanted to kind of quickly paint the picture that all the signs from verse one had moved on. But like, what about our character? The one the ocean was calling out to? Well, she is still there because she hasn't done anything. And uh, she's disappointed in herself because the only thing holding her back is her own fear. As I mentioned, this is like very much inspired by moments in my own life when I have been held prisoner by my own fears. And I want to be clear here that I'm not saying that she is wrong for doing this. And I don't want to paint her as pathetic by any means. Like while we don't want fear to rule our lives, fear does protect us. Self-protection is how we as a species have survived for so long. (laughs) It's the only reason you exist. There's a direct lineage of humans who used their fear wisely and protected themselves and their offspring. But fear cannot rule over every decision. Fear, like most everything, should be questioned. There's this quote, and I, I can't remember where it's from, but it has stuck with me, that like you can't let fear drive the car of your life. Fear serves a purpose, so you thank fear for all it's done, for the service it has provided and protecting you thus far. But then you say, fear, you are allowed to sit in the car with me, but you are not allowed to drive. I am the one driving. Actually, I think I quoted this in an earlier episode of this podcast. (laughs) I I don't know which one. Maybe it was the no wrong way to write. I don't know. We'll figure that out. And actually, actually, this might just be another quote from Big Magic. Mm. (laughs) Anyways, go read Big Magic, I guess. Uh, All to say, this character of ours is afraid. She's captive to her fears. She sees the signs, but she cannot act. And, but this is not what she wants though, you know, like, so, so that leads us directly to the chorus. She whispers someday I'll step through the doorway and I will soar into the sky. My heart won't be afraid and I, and my fears will give way to wings that will teach me to fly. Like I mentioned, I wanted our character here to not be pathetic. Even though she is held captive by her fears, I wanted her to claim what she really wanted, even if it was quietly and to herself. Living in fear can have you like so afraid to say the things that you want out loud because you are so afraid that someone will take it away or that by saying it out loud, it becomes real. And then so too does the potential for you to fail. But the only way anyone can know what we want and what we need, whether that's the universe or a family member or a partner or yourself is if you say it out loud and claim it and a whisper while timid is the first step, you know, at least you're saying it out loud. So that's what led to this chorus. It starts with our character whispering to herself She believes that she will someday choose to act and someday no longer be afraid. She wants to be her best self. Someday. Someday she will. I decided that the chorus would be the place that I could really get the idea of the prompt across. And so after I said all of that, I literally just say that she wants to turn her fears into wings so that she can finally fly. Musically, I was doing this, you know, colorful and harmonically interesting thing in the piano, and that turned itself into a sort of jazz waltz. Uh, 
I say that loosely because I'm not like a jazz musician, but it's a waltz. It's harmonically rich chords. It's a jazz waltz. And so I wanted to lean into that more. And so for the chorus, we are more or less doing two five ones again, which I talked about in a previous episode, but we are linking them together with a six chord. So it goes like two, five, one, six, two, five, one. This is a fairly straightforward chord progression, but I think it, you know, solidifies this feeling of a waltz and a dance because it seems to like circulate and flow into itself smoothly. And and I liked that. Harmonically, the first note of the chorus is the ninth of the chord. So it's a B minor chord and the melody starts on a C sharp, ostensibly a dissonant note, but a colorful dissonant note. It's not immediately clashing sounding, but rather I think it's interesting to the ear. It has like a slight unease about it. And I love that sound personally. And so I wanted the melody to, of the chorus to dance around these extended harmony notes that were mildly dissonant. I want that. I wanted there to be a slight discomfort in the chorus because our character in this story was sitting with her discomfort, but I also wanted her to feel, you know, some sort of relief. So for example, we have this like incessant musical rocking of the waves and the slight discomfort of the dissonant notes. But finally she is saying what she wants and claiming it timid though it might be. So at the end of the chorus, the melody reflects this sort of relief and finally lands on the tonic and sounds consonant with the chords underneath. And I think that's nice. It's like I've said, and I've sat with my discomfort and here is like, ah, like an exhale almost. As you can hear in the original demo that I recorded after I wrote this song, there actually was not a third verse. I think part of that was, again, just like sheer tiredness because I was writing a song late at night after working all day. (laughs) But there was also a part of me that wanted to have a sort of like improvised moment, like singing along with the piano. So I imagine that this character starts paralyzed by fear, but like eventually begins to dance with life and eventually transforms her fears into wings and blah, 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 blah. She's, you know, dancing and and flying along. But that idea like wasn't fully formed yet. What I did know was that the song was too short as it was, but I wasn't sure how I wanted to continue this story. So in the meantime, I just made a little, you know, hum verse to carry us to the next chorus. It wasn't actually until this past fall slash winter when I decided that I was going to use this song for this season of the podcast and I revisited it that I was like, oh, this definitely needs more. We, we need more to this story. So after that point, I decided that the next part of the story could be about what happens after she let all these signs from her surroundings pass her by? You know, like, what does it feel like to live in a space where you are not living how you want to, but also you are unsure of how to change things or move forward? Like, what do you do? 
And what I came to was like, you just pretend everything's fine. You try to make the best of the situation that you're in. You try to convince yourself that it's definitely what you want. Like, don't worry about it. Be present. Ignore those pesky feelings you have. They'll definitely go away eventually. Hmm. This is not based on my life in any way. Uh-uh. No way. But in spite of all that, your days still feel long and you can't sleep at night. And, and that's because you're not living in alignment with yourself and your body knows it. And it's telling you that by making you feel this way. Anyways, that is a story that I wanted to tell about our character here in the third verse. She has realized what she wants and is now noticing that she's not living her life in accordance with that. So as the verse continues, our character is presented with, I guess the verse continues it's more or less the fourth verse as the verse continues slash the fourth verse, our character is presented with another sign from the universe, another song as it were this time from the trees and the river bend. Uh, the imagery for this is loosely based on the Shelby bottoms park in Nashville. There's a path there that goes alongside the river. And I used to walk on that path all the time to process my emotions and to think about things. And so, I had a lot of, you know, insights and inspirations come to me on those walks where the the path curves between the trees and the riverbend, you know, poetic. But with this sign, I wanted a change in our character. Suddenly, she is humming along to the song that the universe is singing to her. I imagine that she is humming along without realizing it, like perhaps she's working or carrying on with her day and isn't really like paying attention, but catches herself humming along, reflecting her inner truth into her outer world. So she, you know, in this verse, she catches herself doing it. And now because she's said what she wants out loud, she realizes that like, it's time to try something new to make it happen. And then she whispers, someday I'll step through the doorway and I will soar into the sky. My heart won't be afraid and my fears will give, give way to wings that will teach me to fly. Originally, the final chorus didn't change lyrically at all. It was kind of just a straight repeat, as you just heard from the demo. But once I had fleshed out this story a little bit more and like, you know, built this third and fourth verse, it occurred to me that I could reflect the change within our character in the way the chorus is presented. So she has finally made this realization that she can try something new to match her inner experience with her outer reality. And I imagined that she was probably still not very confident in this decision. So I wanted to keep it as a whisper. But now, instead of saying, someday, she says, today, I will step through the doorway. Instead of saying, I won't have any fear, imagining some you know time in the future, she's owning her fear and saying, my heart might be afraid. And then she is being brave and believing in herself anyways that she has the ability to transform her fears into wings. Again, I thought that would be the end of the song, but I also really liked the hum diddly verse from before. Again, as this idea that she was like dancing with life instead of being afraid of it. So, so I still wanted to include that. And 
once I did, I was like, well, now that I've done that, I think we need one more chorus after it. So this time in the actual, actual final chorus, instead of a whisper, she sings out confidently. She knows that when she steps out the door, she will fly. Her heart is not afraid anymore because her fears are now wings. And though it is still new to her, she trusts that her wings are learning and will carry her into the sky. You know, beautiful, round storytelling. So... My initial thought for producing this track was to really lean into the dance waltz aspect of it and write some beautiful string parts and pay some of my string player friends to record for me. But (laughs) due to paying taxes and other money events, I realized that this would not be feasible at this moment. And I also didn't want to ask anyone to like work for free. So I redirected and decided I would do it all myself. And while I do have some pretty decent string samples that I could have recorded string parts with. I decided that that was just, we weren't going to do that sound at all. Um, And I just moved in a different direction because this song was also like a jazz waltz in a lot of ways. I turned to some jazz songs that I know specifically. I took a class in 2019 at the Nashville jazz workshop on French chansons, which are basically like jazz standards from France And the reason I thought of this was because I seemed to remember that there was like at least one, maybe more of the songs from that class that were in three, four time. And so I wanted to hear how, you know, other artists have treated the jazz waltz in a vocal, you know, number. Uh, But the song that I listened to the most, which is also the song, one of the songs that I sang in that class was Le Tang, which, and specifically the Stacey Kent version of it. Um, which is a beautiful track that you should definitely go listen to. And I will link it in the transcription once I get caught up on doing transcripts. <laughs> they will happen. I'm sorry I'm behind. We'll f- uh, it will be fixed soon. I'm sorry. Bye. Anyways, I decided that I you know, didn't need to do all of the production things with a million harmony parts and vocal doubles like I did on the last song. And instead, I could keep it fairly straightforward. And honestly, pretty similar to the original work tape that I recorded. I I really wanted to use the soft piano instrument that I used in episode 21, green, red, and gold. And I recorded the whole song with that instrument, but the sample actually has this like one bum note (laughs) that is like slightly detuned slash wonky sounding. At first I couldn't figure out where the sound was coming from. And then I realized it was in the piano samples and it's in the bass. And of course it was the note, the note was like frequently used throughout the whole dang song So instead, I found a different sample, piano sample, and worked with that. I definitely wanted the main focus to be voice and piano, but I also wanted to flesh it out a bit more with something else. In the Stacey Kent version of Le Tang, besides the voice and piano, there was also a saxophone and some drums. I do not have a saxophone, nor do I know how to play one. But I was like, you know what else sounds like very Frenchy is... A guitar. So I turned to my guitar and with the help of an online chord finding tool, I figured out that I could actually play this song on the guitar. So I figured out I could play it on the guitar. Not well, mind you. The guitar is still not my strongest instrument. But 
I could play it enough so much that I could like play it from beginning to end more or less. I practiced it a bunch and didn't ever actually really get it to perfection, but I got it good enough that I could record each section separately and like if I couldn't play a chord change in time, I could just like record that it out of time and then make it be in time in the digital space, you know, the magic of technology. And I did actually need to employ the cut and paste technique, but not as much as I thought I would. I actually was able to play most of it. And I like the way that sounded. I was able to make it sound convincingly like a true guitarist played it. I thought for a long time about whether or not I wanted to add drums. Conceptually, I really liked the sound of a gentle brush kit thing. But like, I don't particularly have any good sounding brush drum kit instrument samples at my disposal. I did desperately search splice for some samples of like a brush drum kit, but I I wasn't really pleased with anything that I found. I made, I did make several attempts with what I did find and the virtual instruments that I have on hand, but I just like everything felt too square and everything that I did was too square because I'm not a drummer at all. (laughs) And so like with the square sounding samples, I just, I felt like it was bringing the track down. Like ultimately what this song needs is a professional jazz drummer or percussionist, someone who really knows what they're doing can execute at a high level. And if I had any semblance of a budget to hire musicians, I would just hire someone to record themselves. But alas, I do not have the budget. So instead of me doing a mediocre job, and lessening the final success of the demo, I decided to move away from percussion. If this song gets re-recorded or performed in the future someday, it will absolutely have some slick brush drums going with it, but not today. So in response to this and not having strings and not having a saxophone, I was like, okay, I'm going to put more of my energy into developing an interesting bass part because I can, I have a bass sample that is is fine and also bass is needed anyway. So like, let's just make that interesting. As we've already discussed, I had these sort of interesting hum diddly um vocalese sections that were, you know, more or less supposed to be the voice dancing along to the song. Originally, I thought that maybe I would have multiple voices come in and sing together in counterpoint to the dance or whatever. But ultimately, I decided that I would just do that with the bass part. So the bass starts out very simply after the first chorus. Mostly it's just playing the root notes in basic rhythm. But then as the verse continues and then the chorus, the bass part starts to include a little more rhythm and a few more notes. So that by the time we get to the first vocalese section, The bass is now suddenly playing like a separate line that plays against and dances with the voice. This counterpoint between the voice and the bass grows too through from that point on until the final chorus. And I think, I like to think that that shows in music how before she felt very stuck in one place and fixed but over the course of the song slash story her foundation isn't so rigid and she can move more freely while still being supported metaphorically you know it's all an allegory (laughs) i don't know One of the lessons I learned while working on this song was that you don't have to write 
a song about your experience per se. You can write a song about literally any experience. And if you are being open and authentic, like your experience will inform your lyrics and like has the potential to shine through anyways. But you don't have to write every song like it is a journal entry or a therapy session. I think it's fun, honestly, to try and write from a different perspective and see like what is the same and what is different and, you know, how how someone else might approach uh, thinking about something. And honestly, this is also part of the experience of co-writing, which like I didn't do on this song, but as you know, I have done on several other songs for this podcast. But so like when you have two or more songwriters writing about one topic, the song might be inspired by one person's experience initially, but it's also informed by one of the other people's experience and someone else's experience. And the end result is kind of both and also kind of neither. It's something entirely new. And I think that's cool. But I think the main lesson I learned with this song is the importance of coming back to a song over time. I often think that I have to complete a song in one sitting. And like part of that comes from my time in musical improv where it was truly like we're making this song up on the spot and the quickness is part of it. Some of this comes from this podcast itself because I can turn an episode around quicker if I record everything and get everything done in one sitting. But a lot of times you have, you know, when you're writing, you kind of just have one part of an idea. And like, yes, you can force it into a full song, which is what we do with the musical improv and and what I've done on this podcast some. But if the inspiration's not there, it's not like a failure to set it aside and come back to it later. Sometimes when you do that, you have new ideas that can develop the original idea further than you originally could have or, or would have. I think all of the songs on this season so far have benefited from taking time away and then coming back and being inspired to take it somewhere new or add something that wasn't there originally. And I think it's it's a noticeable difference from the previous season's songs. I, I, I don't know if you guys have noticed it, but I have noticed it. But to be clear, this lesson comes with a caveat. Doing this doing this thing of like taking time away from a song or whatever, you do run the risk of falling into the perfectionistic trap of waiting until everything is perfect. And if you do that, you run the risk of like things never being perfect and therefore things never being finished or released. So it's a delicate line to walk. Like you need to take time and allow things to grow and blossom and be edited, but also don't wait until things are perfect because perfection is impossible. And the thing about songwriting, and this is something that I learned relatively recently, is that, I mean, I guess learned is a strong word. I I came to the realization. Uh, But anyways, is that songs express a moment in time and a feeling in time, and you're trying to capture that feeling slash moment when it is at its emotional peak. And performances and recordings of said songs are, are more potent when the emotion and the feeling is still emotionally relevant. So if you wait too long to write a song and record a song and perform a song, you run the risk of it stagnating before it can even be heard or experienced. But also, of course, you want it to be the best version that it can be. So it is, it's a tricky and delicate balance. I definitely used to, and and still do to a certain extent, fall into the trap of thinking I wasn't ready to share my songs because they weren't ready yet. They weren't perfect yet. But what that really meant was like, I just wasn't confident in the final product, but that didn't mean that it, it 
didn't need to be shared or wasn't worth sharing or wasn't worth like performing. And so while this podcast has helped me in, in so much as recording and releasing songs more or less in real time so that, you know, when I'm feeling something, when I'm writing the song and then, you know, releasing it, it is, it is all more or less relevantly in the same time frame. It has also been four years since I started this and I haven't performed most of these songs out in the world and partially because of the pandemic and whatnot. But as a result, like some of them, especially the earlier ones are like, they're not really relevant to me anymore, at least in the way that they were when I wrote them. So this concept of timeliness when it comes to songwriting is actually really important and it's complicated. (laughs) And I don't know if there's uh, I don't have an answer, but it's just something that I've learned and have been thinking about through the process of this song and this season of this show. Anyways, with all of this said, let's listen one more time. Here is Wings in its entirety. The ocean calls and the waves say her name. The clouds and all of the birds sing of change. The sky never lies. The dancing of the spheres The birds move on and the wind blows a different way The clouds are gone but she remains She sighs and she cries Someday I'll step through the doorway And I will soar into the sky My heart won't be afraid And my fears will give way To wings that will teach me to fly Her days are long And the nights seem to never end Stars look on while she pretends She's fine, never mind What else can she do? Another song from the trees and the river bend She hums along and their voices blend It's time to try for something new She whispers today I'll step through the doorway And I will soar into the sky My heart might be afraid But my fears will give way to me to fly. 
Bad Songs is created, recorded, and edited by me, Tim Roscoe. Follow us on social media at 50 Bad Songs on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can listen to this song and all previous songs on Bandcamp at 50badsongs.bandcamp.com or by streaming them on Spotify and Apple Music. You can find all previous episodes on our website at www.50badsongs.com. If you'd like to financially support 50 Bad Songs, join our patron community at patreon.com slash 50 Bad Songs for even more behind-the-scenes content, including exclusive playlists, lyric sheets and chord charts, and other bonus content. Most importantly, if you enjoyed the episode or the music you heard today, the best way you can support us is by telling a friend, a family member, or a coworker about the show. Send them an episode or share your favorite song of ours with them. This is the best way to help the show grow. My name is Tim Roscoe, and thank you so much for listening. 